Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast for the week of Tuesday the 18th of April. I'm your host, Russell Hargreaves. Coming up on this week's show, Rob Holding talks about youth football. We look back on a Wembley Cup win in this week's history lesson. Brilliant Adrian Clark is back with another dose of chalkboard. But first of all, we kick off by looking back at the weekend action with our Arsenal Insider. Let's hear from another Arsenal Insider on the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. Delighted to say that former Gunners midfielder Perry Gross joins us as our Arsenal insider to look back on the action from Monday night. Perry, good to have you back on board, mate. I know you're busy doing stadium tours, aren't you? So you've, we've got you for a fleeting second. Yeah, I've got um, 70 uh, young American players that I've got to take around. They'll be like Springer Spaniels. I think the average age is about 11, so... I've got to make sure I get my parental skills uh, back in gear. <laughs> sure, you'll be absolutely fine with that. And Arsenal, back in gear to a big degree as well. Such an important win away to Middlesbrough, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a huge win because obviously confidence was really low. You know, I've lost the last four away games. The worst sort of running Arsenal Wenger's tenure. And it was just all about getting the victory and hopefully getting a little bit more confidence uh, back into the players, obviously, for the massive semi-final got against Man City on, on Sunday. And I actually thought, um, which surprised everybody. You know, playing three uh, centre-halves for the first time uh, in 20 years seemed to uh, do the job. It did, didn't it? And obviously that shift was, for me, very key, wasn't it? Just to mix things up after Crystal Palace and, and have a slightly different approach tactically. Well, it, it had to happen. And, um, you know, there was, a, as you said, a different approach tactically. There was a change in uh, personnel as well, you know, because um, the players hadn't been performing. Uh, you could tell... Uh, obviously, the, the players had worked on it in training, you know, with functional play and, uh, and shadow play. And I have to say, I thought that Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain was absolutely outstanding in the, in the right uh, wing-back role. I think he, he completely dominated the game in the first half, was a bit quiet in the second, but then came on strong in the last 10, 15 minutes. But um, I think playing the, the three centre-halves, because we conceded, you know, uh, three goals away at Palace and three goals away at West Brom, um, we hadn't defended the, the box very well. And I think with holding Koscielny and Gabriel, especially in the first half, we pushed up uh, out of the 18-yard uh, box. Second half, for a 10-15 minute period, Middlesbrough, Middlesbrough came back into the game, which you're going to expect because they're fighting for their lives. We lost a little bit of concentration uh, when the Grado scored. But then we managed to 
get ourselves back in front again. So there was a, there was a bit of character that shown last night. Well, that's your assessment, Perry. Thank you for that about going to a back three. Let's hear the boss's own assessment. Here's Arsene Wenger post-match on how he feels that tactical switch went. I felt that uh, it added a bit more stability on the long balls. Uh, we knew we would face a direct game and the recent we have been punished on that. And uh, of course, we uh, gave more a bit, uh, the opponent had a bit more the ball than we are used to. We lost two games against uh, Crystal Palace and West Brom. We had 70% of possession and today we had a bit less. We want to uh, have the ball, but sometimes uh, when a team lacks confidence, uh, just to change the system can help to believe in something different. Well, Perry, you mentioned Rob Holding there. I've commentated on him a few times for Premier League two games for Arsenal.com this season, where I've been impressed with his composure, his ball-playing skills, his reading of the game. He's young. He's only played for the Gunners a few times since signing from Bolton, biding his chance. But I like the look of him. How do you feel? Yeah, I, I, I liked him. Um, although he played in the first game of the season, didn't he, uh, against Liverpool? And I think it was a bit unlucky because it was him and Callum Chambers, you know, as a sort of a, a pair in... Um, and uh, inexperienced, but um, he played on the left side of the three um, last night, and I, I thought, as you said, he looks composed. He looks like he he believes he belongs at Arsenal, you know, and he, he can play at, at the at Premier League level. Um, sometimes his positioning playing in the three, obviously, it's a bit unusual to him. He drifted a little bit, but he got himself back in. Um, wouldn't say that he made any glaring mistakes. He definitely wasn't at fault for the goal because that was uh, between Gabriel and Koscielny. And Koscielny um, sort of lost the grader. Uh, and you're correct as well, Russ, where I think he's very good and very composed on the ball, which is a prerequisite, obviously, when you're playing for an Arsene Wenger team. So um, I think he can be you know, uh, quite satisfied with his performance last night. Now, Alexis, the catalyst once again, um, as we know, shortlifted Perry for PFA Player of the Year, probably won't win it this year. One of the Chelsea boys, I suspect, might well get it. But um, we can make a case, can't we, for him certainly at least being on the shortlist because he is so key to what at times has been a struggling team. Well, he's, um, his consistency has been impressive in a team that has struggled. Um, it's no question his commitment and his desire. He gives 100% every game. He's got that little bit of quality and he has an, an innate desire to win. You could tell after the game last night how pleased he was. There's some people have been critical of him that you know, he's, he's sulked or you know, he's, um, he's not happy with his teammates. The reason he's not happy is because he's not winning, and that's all he wants. He wants to, he's a winning footballer, a winning uh, culture. I thought in the first half, actually, <clears throat> for his high standards, um, he, he played okay, you know, but he wasn't sort of controlling the game. But then, because of his quality, with the, the, when he gets his chance with his free kick, which um, the technique to get it up and over the wall and get the swerve in it was fantastic. Although I have to say, I think um, Brad Guzman was a little bit of fault because the ball didn't go in off the post. It was about a yard and a half inside and he probably had about three men in the wall too many and he couldn't see the ball. But you still have to execute that technique and he did it absolutely brilliantly. He most certainly did. So great goal from Alexis. And obviously, Perry, what was also key, we've talked about formations, personnel, but the character of Arsenal, when Middlesbrough came back and equalised, to go back out and win it, that says a huge amount. And Wenger will probably take as much from that as anything too. Yeah, Arsenal will and so will the players because, as I said, we, we had a little rocky spell, 10, 15 minutes uh, at the beginning of the second half um, where we could have done better with a goal we can see, I think Monreal could have closed the ball down better. And as I said, Koscielny lost in the grado. Then Middlesbrough had two really good chances. Downing missed one, which he uh, volleyed over the bar. And then Ayala had a, a diving header, again, where we went to sleep. But it was a brilliant save from Petacek. And then we just looked like we, we weathered that storm, you know, got a, got a bit stronger. And I thought it was a typical Arsenal goal. You know, it was just a, a brilliant move 
um, involving uh, Zaka out to Alexis Sanchez. Decent crossing. Aaron Ramsey making a really good run into the box, which is his strength. And unselfishly chest it down for Mesut um, Ozil, which was a, with his swinger, with his right foot, which was a good connection. Um, and then we sort of, that goal gave the team confidence again. And probably the last, when the game opened out, because Middlesbrough are fighting for their lives and they had to try and force an equaliser, we could have been a bit more ruthless uh, on the counter-attack. And we had two or three excellent chances and it, it could have been a more emphatic victory. But I just think from the lads' confidence, but you could see after the game, the way they were all, you know, sort of grabbing over each other and high five and their smiles. It just makes their whole uh, week's build-up now to the semi-final a lot more enjoyable. Completely agree. We'll finish with that semi-final and the momentum in a second, but let's just remind ourselves of that Ozil goal. That's it. Rumbers Ramsey for Alexis Sanchez. Not a good ball, though. It's got to be better than that. There is Traore, but Monreal gets a foot in. Back to Alexis. That's a better ball. And Mesut Ozil! And Arsenal are back in front. They lead 2-1. And on Mesut, Perry, a player, again, who's come in for some criticism, but uh, again, he's stood up and, and delivered at a key moment, hasn't he? That's what you want your big players to do. Um, you know, have uh, key moments in the game and, and affect the game. And that's what both Sanchez and Ozil did. Again, I wouldn't say that Ozil was outstanding, but popping up in the right place at the right time, it's two in, in three now. Um, and for a player of his quality and his ability, he has to be contributing more of those big moments. And I'd just like to see him maybe just work a little bit harder to get himself involved in the game more, you know, rather than let the game come to him. But when he does pop up in and around uh, the final third, then you know he's got that quality to hurt teams. Completely agree. So with all of that in mind, strong performances from a lot of the players we've mentioned, including Peter Cech, which you, you rightly highlighted as well, Perry. Uh, yeah, hunt for the top four just about as we also prepare as well for that FA Cup semi-final. Hopefully exciting times still to come despite everything that's come before. Definitely. I mean, it's, it's a massive, massive game for uh, Arsenal. It's probably bigger for Arsenal than it is Man City because they're... Uh, priority Man City, obviously, with Pep Guardiola getting in Champions League, as is ours, but it's in their hands at the moment. So this is a great chance for this group of players to sort of uh, rescue their season um, and hopefully get through to an own FA Cup final, having won it in 2014-2015. And it's going to be a great game for the neutrals to watch, not necessarily for, you know, support either team, because it's going to be anything <laughs> like basketball. But the game at the Emirates was, was a fantastic game of football. Um, and it'll be interesting to see what Arsenal does tactically, wherever he stays with the, with the back three. Uh, that might give you a little bit more solidity because obviously with Pep Guardiola, with Man City, they like leaving three up front, whether it's Sane on one side or Raheem Sterling on the other. They play very wide, so you don't want your centre-half to get exposed. It's, uh, will he bring Bellerin back in if he does you know, play at the wing-back or keep faith with Oxlade-Chamberlain? And if I was Oxlade-Chamberlain, I'd be very disappointed if I, if I didn't get in that you know, final 11 for the semi-final because I thought he was outstanding. So... Um, and are we going to be brave enough to press Man City high up the pitch? But it's going to be—it's not going to be a cagey game because both managers don't have that philosophy. Um, it could be pretty high scoring. I just hope that obviously we come out on the right end of it. Perry, appreciate your thoughts on that. Plenty more with Adrian Clark at the chalkboard on that FA Cup semi-final. I think you're 70 Americans away for your stadium tour, my friend. So we shall let you go off and uh, show them around the wonderful complex that is Emirates Stadium, the Arsenal Soccer Stadium.
So as Perry Knight were discussing, rising young defender Rob Holding came into the team against Borough and did pretty well. We spoke to Rob about his experiences of youth team football as he visited the new Hale End site. Uh, yeah, the facility is brilliant. I mean, we had a look round and been in the inside dome and the gym and I was there last Friday watching the tournament for the 16s that they won. So I've had a taste of it before, but yeah, it's really just being out here today with the young lads, really good facilities. How important is um, like the coaching at youth level? Like you came through the Bolton Academy. How important is it that you've got like the right people around you when you're a, an aspiring footballer? Uh, yeah, definitely. I say a familiar face is always a friendly face. You just go through and the different age groups. It's always nice. You always get a new coach in the new age groups, but having a coach that's still there, that'll still be around, sort of the sort of like mixing the age groups like they have here with the 11s and 12s. When you move up to the 12s, you've got the 11s coach still that you've had for a year around you, so it does make it easy. You've always got someone that you trust and you can talk to. What do you think when you saw the young guys there? Did you, did, when you're addressing them, did you think about what you were like when you were that age? Yeah, I'm trying to think back to when I was 12 now and when he was asking questions and I was always sort of shy at the, shy at the back and never really. Asked the question or answered anything, but um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird one to come back and actually look at the academy lads coming through. It's, it's good, it's good to do, definitely. It's make or break for kids at the academy, and you went through it yourself. We talked off camera about how the guys that are the best at under nines don't always make it. Um, what what do you reckon is the difference between those that are going to get to the first team and those that don't? You reckon? Um, I think your attitude, the way you. How much effort you're putting in is how much you want it at the end of the day. And uh, you, when you said about the under nines, and if you're still the best player and you're coming up through the age groups, it does uh, come to like maturity and how fast you grow person personally. And uh, you've got to give a bit of time to some players that don't mature as fast, but still might have the technical ability. And I think that's what they do here. I was speaking with um, Steve Leonard, and he was saying that if they've got the all the ability in the world but they're not physically there yet. Just give them a bit of time and keep them around, which is which is what you need to do to get them good gems of players. What else do you learn going up through an academy system? I mean, other than the football, is, do you get the camaraderie of the young guys? And... Yeah, definitely. You have you have your, you have have your potentially two sets of friends. You have your friends at school that you're day-to-day with, and then as soon as you come to the training ground, you're in backing with your team, and you do get different, different friends, and it's nice to have a mixture of friends and different mixture of personalities, and... They help you mature along because I found that the um, when you're a young young lad at an academy, you do mature faster than the likes of your school friends, and I think that's just the way it is. Why? Um, I honestly couldn't tell. I don't really know. But I mean, essentially, you've got the young lads training up in age group, so they're around older players with the team. So that's one way they could do. But it just always seemed to be the case with me growing up. I always seemed to, when I went on holiday, I always hanged around with lads that were a few years older than me and it's just the way it was. Did you feel pressure? Like, I mean, it's weird to think you're like under nines feeling pressure. Did you feel pressure? Did you put it on yourself? Um, I think at this age, you, I didn't feel the pressure till sort of 14s, 15s. That's when you start, it starts being decision-making time sort of thing for how you're going to leave school and what you're going to do. At this age, I think it's just important to just enjoy playing your football and being like days like this where you can. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Play all day in the half terms and you learn so much on these days. How about coaching? So you've done some coaching badges and you've said you've come in there, you've met some of the coaches. Is it something you fancy, you reckon? Potentially, at the end, I mean, apart from being a footballer, it's the second best job, being out on the pitch all day, working with either young lads or if you go for a, an older age group, depends what you what you fancy. And um, I'd say potentially, yeah, definitely got to maybe, when I retire, hopefully after a good couple of years, potentially going to be a coach. Tracksuit manager or, or are you going to be in the suit? Uh, if I was a manager, I'd be a suit. But if, uh, but I don't know if I'd be a manager. I think I'd go straight for um, coach, coach or first team coach if I get there. So we've seen one or two next Rob Holdings today. Yeah. Well, the good thing is that they're only under 11, so hopefully I've got another 10 years still before one of them takes my place. <laughs> cool. Last one. Um, your, your advice. So you, you're talking to these kids. What do you? What would you want to tell them to encourage them to keep pushing on and, and get to that first thing? Um, to enjoy, enjoy, enjoy playing football. The love for football, not what, what happens if you get dropped out of the team and you're not involved, but still enjoying and wanting to play football that's you have that passion and if you got that passion then you get the drive to go on and hopefully get to the first team and look forward to training with some of these lads in the next five ten years and it's adams put through by bold would you believe it or charlie george who can hit him it's up for grabs now On April the 18th, 1993, Arsenal won the League Cup by beating Sheffield Wednesday 2-1 at Wembley. Davis chipping that one through. Merson with a shot. It's in! It's 1-1! We couldn't have wished for a better start to a game of football. Both sides being rewarded already in the first 20 minutes for... A lot of endeavour. I think there may have been a deflection on the way here as well. Certainly didn't catch it right, if there wasn't. Here he goes. Yeah, deflected off another Arsenal player, actually. Right in the back of the net. 1-1 the score.
That strike by Paul Merson levelled things at one apiece after John Hark's early goal had put the Owls ahead, but Arsenal's hero of the day would come from a very unlikely source. It's gone past Anderson. What sort of cross can he put in? Is it goal? He looks like a midfield player here because all he's got to do is get this ball away. What he's trying to pull it down for there, I just don't know. And they've paid the absolute maximum penalty. And it's, it, he'll, he'll watch this in horror, will uh, Carl Palmer. Great run from Merson. Terrific cross, but it should have been cleared there. And there's Morrow in to finish it off. Very easy chance in the end. Arsenal would go on to complete a domestic cup double later in the season, beating Wednesday again, this time in the FA Cup final. The Gunners will be hoping to reach this season's finale on Sunday when they take on Manchester City in the semi-final at Wembley. We'll talk to Adrian Clark about that next. The Chalkboard with Adrian Clark. So, Adrian Clark joins me at the Chalkboard. Clarky, always nice after a win, isn't it? Puts an extra spring into everybody's collective step. Yeah, I'm in a better mood this week. Uh, so, yeah, uh, the sun's shining as we speak and Arsenal have just picked up a much-needed three points. So, yeah, happy. So, question on the chalkboard. As Perry Groves has been talking to us about the importance of three at the back and the difference that it made, should Arsenal stay with it against Manchester City for the FA Cup semi-final next weekend? Well, yeah, it's a really interesting question and it, I'm sure that it's something that Arsenal Wenger will be pondering quite deeply and I suspect yes I, I actually think it, it, there were enough positive signs in that performance for them to to stick with it I think in this match because of City's power up front particularly in the wide areas just having an extra defender on the pitch will leave Arsenal less vulnerable certainly to breakaways and it would also allow the, the centre-backs to, to engage with, with Sergio Aguero when he does drop deep, which he loves to do. Somebody like Koscielny can potentially go tight with him, knowing that he's got two centre-backs on the cover. So, so no, I, I, think, I think we need to be brave here and, and go with it. Why not? I mean, it's, uh, it, it worked pretty well. Middlesbrough created one or two problems at times, and City will be much more dangerous. Of course they will. But um, yeah, let, let's go with it. Did you ever play in it as a player? I presume it would have been as one of the wing backs, uh, so as to speak. If so, yes, I did. Um, I actually played um, where Bruce Rioch reverted to to three five two in the final sort of months of his reign, and Arsene Wenger carried it on throughout his first season actually at the club back in. 96, 97. I, I didn't like it. I didn't like playing at wing-back because I just don't think I had the defensive now to, to be comfortable in that role. As a natural wing, I preferred having somebody behind me. Um, yeah, on reflection, I think I would have liked to have played uh, in, in the central midfield three instead of being used at wing-back. But look, it's, it's a good system. I think it, it suits certain teams. You need centre-backs that, that are mobile that can also pass out from the back with real comfort. Um, I, there are lots and lots of positives to the formation. I've got to say, as a player, I didn't always enjoy coming up against three three at the back because it was so unusual 
and you found that your opponents were popping up in positions that weren't necessarily familiar on and off the ball. So look, it's a, it's a system that will we'll ask questions of City if Arsenal stick with it at the weekend. As we know, Clarkey, both teams went toe-to-toe in the Premier League not so long ago. Arsenal getting an all-important point in that one, not always at their best, but they got the job sort of done, didn't they? I wonder if there's any ramifications for either team in light of that heading into this. Well, I see. I mean, when you have two big teams that meet one another in close proximity, I'll tell you what normally happens. You get, it's a feisty affair. You tend to get duels and battles and, and a hangover from the game before. Um, although that wasn't a particularly aggressive match, I do wonder if, if that, that may come into play. Um, look, both teams attacked really well on day, I felt, but defensively, they were, they were huge vulnerabilities. I think that, that City had weaknesses, uh, certainly in the way that they tried to play out from the back. It was, um, it was, they were there for their taking at times. So Arsenal will be looking at that and thinking, right, how can we, how can we capitalise this time? But City, with, with Sane in particular, making those good runs in behind Hector Bellerin on the day, he's a man that needs to be watched in this game. Concentration for me would be vital too, because I'd say probably for both of City's goals in that Premier League meeting, um, that was, was lacking a bit and was costly, wasn't it? Absolutely, yeah. Um, the, the defenders weren't anticipating the problems that arose. I remember for that first goal, actually, it was impressive the way that City kind of clipped the ball up to the front to, to play out from the back. But the one-touch pass from De Bruyne and the, the early run of Sane, he really caught Bayern on the hop in that particular situation. So no, Arsenal's defenders, actually, their players all over the pitch have to be mentally sharp in this game and expect the unexpected, expect the worst. That's what you're taught as a defender. Always expect your mate to miss it just in case. So so that is the lesson, I think, to be learned here. For the second goal, obviously, Arsenal were very slow to get back and, and track Sergio Aguero inside the box. You can't leave a player like him unguarded inside the 18-yard area. So, um, yeah, definite lesson to be learned. But I think you're right to pick up on that. When City have the ball, Arsenal must tune in. Otherwise, they'll be punished. How do you see, not formation-wise, but personnel-wise, the teams leaning up? Do you see one or two tweaks from the last round of games, let alone that game a few weeks ago? Mm. All right, it's interesting. I think I think Vincent Company will probably play for Manchester City, which is a boost, I would suggest, for them, because he, he's their best defender, in my view. So uh, so that's an upgrade from, from their perspective. I mean, you just never know with Pep Guardiola what he's going to do. He's, he's, a, he's a real deep thinker, isn't he? And he likes do the unexpected. What Pep Guardiola will do now, in light of Arsene Wenger changing to three at the back, he will he will formulate a game plan that he believes will, will, will prey on its weaknesses. Um, as for Arsenal, I'm not sure that Arsene Wenger will really make, make any changes to the Middlesbrough performance. I thought it was excellent. I'd certainly stick with Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain in that wide role, I thought he he was excellent. And when I look at this City side with Clichy or Kolarov often occupying the left-back spot, that's a definite weakness for me. I don't think either is having a particularly good season. So, providing he starts again and Arsenal can get as much of the ball to him as they did at the Riverside, particularly in the first half, I think Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain could be Arsenal's big weapon in this match. He's got the pace, he's got the athleticism, and I'm not too worried about him defensively because he'll have cover 
on the inside from one of the centre-backs. So, yeah, he could be Arsenal's danger man in this game. OK, and in a sentence, how do Arsenal make another FA Cup final? Arsenal make another FA Cup final by concentrating hard defensively. Do that in this game. I believe that they will get the chances to score the goals that can take them to yet another FA Cup final. It's all about being switched on when City have the ball. Clarky, high time we got back into our ever popular and ever competitive prediction <laughs> competition, which has ebbed and flowed massively over the last few weeks and months. Uh-huh. Uh, the Arsenal Weekly Podcast editor, Liam Roberts, now joins us on the line. And Liam, no doubt with a spring in your step too after a, a nice win. I bet you're a happy boy after the Easter holidays. Indeed, and it's um, it's a tight, a very tight competition at the moment between you guys. So, uh, yeah, oh, no. keep it competitive to the end of the season. Excellent. Yeah, I'm loving it. Yeah, forget Broadchurch cliffhangers. This, this is the big one. Isn't it? <laughs> I, I don't know what that is. <laughs> no reference right, points. No reference points. Right, carry on. Okay, so uh, 21 points for 20 in Adrian's favour at the moment. Last week, I asked which Arsenal player would touch the ball first in the game against Middlesbrough. Uh, do you remember mm. what you guys said? Monry out. And I said Alexis, full of fire and feist. At least he got a goal, which backed that up. Yep, so um, Arsenal did win kickoff. So um, on any other day, it would have been Alexis taking the kickoff, but Olivier Giroud started, so he actually did take the kickoff. Um, we had to wait till 40 seconds until one of your players actually touched the ball, and it was Alexis. So hey. Hargreaves was one point, making it level again. Slim, he won all. Slim, can I make an official complaint? Uh, again, just, this is becoming I, a, a regular think... occurrence. 40 seconds on and you get a point. What was it last week that I just missed out on and I didn't get any points? I think, I think it's outrageous. The, the question last, the last couple of weeks was, I want an exact time. You were close, but it wasn't an exact time. I just take Honestly. it all on the chin at this end. Honestly, you are, you are the Anthony Taylor of this podcast. You, you're against me. You're against Arsenal. with the flow, Clarkie. You, you actually won a point by going with the, with the nearest player to touch the ball first. So... Um, it's, um, he's got a short-term memory. I don't, I'm not liking it. <laughs> he's getting old. He's getting old. <laughs> 21 all. Brilliant, brilliant. What have we got now? Um, so we're going to go easy this week. I don't want to know a score prediction. I just want to know how many goals there'll be in the semi-final clash against Manchester City. Which could, of course, with the new rules, go to extra time it's straight exactly, off. Yeah, so, yes. we'll take it, so uh, we'll take extra time goals. We will not take penalty shootout goals. And who is first? Um, I, believe I think it's me. It is you. Yeah, OK. Um, I'm going to say... With all of that in mind, four. Four, okay. Um, right, I'm going to go for uh, three. I said, yeah, five. Five would be a bit bold, and watching these two sides of eight, you'd probably be more wiser to go for five, but I'm going to go for three. Okay. Uh, Liam, thank you very much. Clarky, great work as ever, and uh, when can we see or hear you next? I will be um, on the match day show for the FA Cup semi-final. Really looking forward to it. Uh, we're on air on Arsenal.com, 2.30pm sharp, so don't miss it. Well, that's full time for this week's show. Our thanks to Rob Holding, to Perry Groves and to Adrian Clark for their contributions today. Don't forget you can subscribe on iTunes, leaving us a five-star review in the process. You can find us on Acast as well. You'll never have the excuse, therefore, to miss another episode. We're back on Monday, the 24th of April. And until then, it's bye for now. And come on, you gunners. The Arsenal Weekly Podcast. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. 
You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.